Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. scheduled to speak last Sunday and actually I was asked to speak the Sunday before too but I was I was sick the Sunday before so that was on me but but last Sunday God moved in this place and the message I was to, had on to preach last Sunday I, I said well that, that that's good I, that's fine you know God spoke more than what I could have spoken anyway so I so Friday this week when brother Boyd asked me to speak this week and Friday night I was praying about what to what to do and where to go, and it was confirmed to me during the youth service that for me to preach the message that I preached, was going to preach last Sunday, but then after the service, and, and I'm still going that direction, but I just want to just, I'm, I know guys get you standing, but just, I just felt like after the service was over and I got home in my office, I, I sat down at my computer and I sat there and was reading over my notes and God started putting something else in my heart. The same line, same scriptures, some of the same scriptures, but God changed things. And I started deleting this and adding this and changing this a little bit. And God worked on me through to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning Friday night. And then I got up Saturday and worked on it some more. God put something in my heart. And then tonight, today when Brother Williams was speaking, he closed the message out with exactly the scriptures I'm fitting to read. And so that was confirmation that God wanted me to speak this. Today, if standing, John chapter 5, verse 1, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to, to Jerusalem. And now there was there is at Jerusalem by the sheep's market a pool, which is called Beth, which in the Hebrew tongue is called Bethesda, sorry, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of intimate folks, and blind and halt, withered, waiting for the water, for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man there was there which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie, he, he knew that he had been now a long time in this case. He saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? And the intimate man, intimate man answers him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus in verse 8 says, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Today, if you will, Join me in prayer to God, anoint me to share this word. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to touch this vessel of clay. 
Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to minister through me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I ask you to stir, Lord Jesus, up in this congregation. This word, Lord Jesus, that I speak, Lord Jesus, allow it to be settled into their hearts today. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch each one of us today. Allow, Allow this word to be planted into our hearts, Lord. And allow us to leave this place changed. Lord Jesus, I touch, ask you in all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to talk to us for a minute by stepping into our promise. The scripture text I read as we find here is a pool of water, you know, beside the sheep market. And the pool of water, you know, is, 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 as I read, is, is the angel would come down and stir the water. And the Bible said when the first one went in, would be healed of their disease. But this, this last few weeks and last Sunday and Friday night and then again today, the water has been stirred in this place. We've been in the pool. I mean, if you've been in the pool up here in the front, and I'm just going to use, this, just use my imagination today because I have kind of one of them vivid kind of sometimes. But sometimes in our life, you know, we look at a life, you know, we look, we look at a church. You know, God can heal us. God can touch us anywhere we go. But I feel that the pool of this church is between them front pews and this altar. And when the water's troubled in this altar, in this altar area, it doesn't matter what you have, your need, whatever needs you may have, you step into the water and God can touch you. We find ourselves in life so many times in life that we find ourselves finding an excuse like this man had while we're not in the water, while we hadn't got our healing yet. We find, well, this is, this is not my time, or I feel like this or that. But when the, God, when the water is being troubled, when the water is being troubled in the middle of the church, we got to step out. we gotta, we got to find a way. We can't make it an excuse. So many times in life we have an excuse. We have this or we have that. Just like this man, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a valid excuse. Here he was crippled. But he didn't want it bad enough. That's what happens sometimes in life when we find an excuse for why God hadn't healed us yet sometimes. And I'm not, I'm not, not, uh, God heals who he wants to heal. And I'm not trying to, you know, say if you don't step out, if you step out, you know, I'm not trying to, God heals and does things like he does them. But I'm just saying sometimes in God, we look at things in our life, sometimes we wonder why we hadn't got what we got. And I'm not saying putting everything, painting everything in a corner, painting God in a corner because God does things like he does. I didn't want to explain that, but. But sometimes in life, you know, we find ourselves not getting what we want just because we've made an excuse why we hadn't stepped out, why we hadn't done this or we hadn't done that. We look at the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and 2017. We find David, you know, as a young man, he, he, he's walking, you know, his father sends him to check on his brothers in battle. And as we find him, we find him here, here he, as he comes up on the scene of the thing, we find right at the Mount right time, and I don't think it was just by happenstance that he came up on the, the battle right at this moment in life. We find him coming up here, and we find him there at the, the battle, and just at the point when Goliath steps to the side, edge of the hill, and he says, send me out a man to fight with me. I believe David didn't just happenstance by hear these words, but David heard these words because God put him there at that right moment. When In a little bit of talking, David said in verse 29, he says, David said, what, is, what have I done now? When his brother looked at him and questioned his, uh, his reasoning for being there, he says, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? 
What David is saying here is, is he says, isn't there not a cause why we had nobody have stepped out and faced this giant? Why are you all, all the men that I've looked up to? Here he was, he was talking to his elder brothers. And as a younger brother, I'm an oldest brother, but so I don't have that ability. But sometimes younger brothers look up to their older brothers. And here they, he was looking up to his older brothers. And here they were all hiding behind the rocks and trembling. And here David says, is there not a cause? Do you want not want this bad enough? Is what David's saying. Here this man is defiling our army. He's defiling the, what we believe in. He's defiling us as a men. And he says, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Do, you don't want this bad enough to face him? In life sometimes we, we face giants just like Goliath. And sometimes in life we look at them giants and we get looking at the, the, the problem we have in life and take our eyes off of who 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 can take care of the problem. And that's what David was saying here. He says, y'all looking at the giant. You got to look at what, you don't, look at, you're, we're trying to measure up this by our abilities. And David's saying, he says, we got to want this bad enough. We got we to go for this. We got to step out. And look what David did, and I'm going to skip down to verse 48. And it says, and it came to pass, this is when David had already went through Saul, and I'm just kind of skipping through that part because I just want to get to this part. David said, he said in verse 48, he says, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army, ran ahead of the, ran, toward, ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Here, David didn't just stand back and wait on him to come to him. David was carrying the battle to him. David said, David knew that who, who was on his back. He knew he had, had his back. He knew he had to step forward. He David didn't wait. And so many times his brother Williams was talking about this morning, we got to be immediately. When God calls us to step out, we got to step out immediately. Sometimes when we wait around, we sometimes we miss that step. We miss the calling. Here, if David would have just stayed back with everybody else and he hadn't carried the battle to the giant, we may have had a whole different outlook. But here David, with, with courage, he ran to him. And when the giant seen this young little boy come running towards him, it probably overwhelmed him. He's like, what is this little dude going to do? Because here he comes running at me. You know, as, as an older, as, as I was growing up, you know, his little kids come running at you. They're going to tackle you or something like that. You look at them as, oh, they're not just going to push him away. And you take your guard down. And that's just what happened to Goliath. He took his guard down. And so because David didn't hesitate, he didn't hesitate. He carried the battle to him. So today I'm here to tell somebody that you need to carry your battle. You need to carry the battle to the enemy. We don't need to wait on the enemy to beat us down. We don't need to wait on the enemy to, to draw us away from what we got to be. We need to carry the battle to him. God called Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. And sometimes we have to, and two of the things we have to do, and Brother Meehan Friday night, he, he shared two of these things to, to get your promise or in his message. And he said the first thing is we have to trust our leader. And our pastor, we have a pastor to, to trust. And I believe because sometimes I say I say this about our pastor because I feel this in my my spirit that the, you know, our pastor sometimes we look at him as just a man, just like we are. But sometimes we look at him well, why he's telling me to do this or why is he telling me to do that? He's telling us to do it because he loves us so much 
that he don't want to see us go down a path or direction. He loves us so much that he don't want us to sit out. That's why when, I, when he, he pleads for us to step out, he pleads us to come to the, to the altar, he pleads us to do this and that, he loves us so much that he will not want us to see us sit where we're at. He wants us to draw to him. He wants us to draw closer because he is called to lead us. God called Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. And Brother Meehan brought this point out, and I just wanted to share it because some of the ones wasn't here. He says, Moses had already spent 40 years in the desert before he called Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. We all know that. But, but Moses had already learned how to deal with 40 years in the desert because he had already spent 40 years before he... Then he spent 40 more years, but he already knew how to take care of spending the 40 years. But God gave him the direction. He gave him a, a prelude to what he was going to do for him in, for, for leading the people out of Israel. Because he gave him 40 years of, to, to get, get ready and get planned for that. And so that's how God works sometimes. He, he leads, us to direct, or leads our director, our leader, into what we need. God may have been able to find someone better qualified than Moses. As, as we look at it, you know, we look at it sometimes in life, we look at, we may, God may have found somebody better qualified, but God called Moses because, but they had to learn that they had to trust who Moses was with every part of their life. Just as we have to trust our pastor with our life, we have to trust him because he leads, God leads him and he leads us. Second thing is he said we have to trust God and we have to learn to trust God with everything every part of our life. It's easy to trust him with the things that we want to trust him with. It's easy to trust him with the things that, that that's, that's easy, but sometimes there's life. He wants all of our life. He wants us to trust all of him. Psalms 37 and 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. God has orders our steps. He directs every step we make. And that's when he calls us to step out to our promise, he calls us to that. Philippians 3 and 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14 says, I press toward the mark of the high prize, prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We can't look, keep looking back. So many times in life, that's what we find ourselves, looking back. I've, I've been here before. I've been to this point in my life before. I felt this presence. I've, I stood in this same church as a teenager growing up, and I held on to the back of the pew because when, when, when the waters were being stirred up front, because I knew if I stepped out, if I stepped out, I knew what was going to happen. And so many times in life, I wasn't ready for that. So many times I was ready. I almost, as Brother Williams talked about this morning, I almost stepped out. But I'm here to tell someone, if you almost is going to step out, but you're not almost not going to make it, you're going to almost not make it into heaven too. So today, if you're, sometimes you might feel like I almost feel like stepping, going out for prayer. But you're almost away from your healing. You may be almost away from a deliverance. Because when you step out, when the waters is troubled, God says, when he feels that drawing in your spirit, to step out. We can't just almost step out. We have to step out. In Joshua chapter 1, we find more Moses, where the Bible says in verse 1, it says, And now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, 
thou and all these people unto the land which I, have, I do give to thee, to them, even to the children of Israel. And verse 3 says, In every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. God has, God has gave, he promised them. The Bible says in verse 3, he promised them everything that their soles of their feet touched would be theirs. Today, I'm here to tell somebody, God has promised you things. Probably you can sit, everybody sitting here in this church probably has something that they feel God has promised them. It may be, it may be a healing that you feel that God has promised you you're going to get. It may be a deliverance of something that God has promised you. You feel promises from God. It may be a backsliding, backslidden child that you're still holding on to that promise. And I'm here to every parent that has a backsliding child. I said, hold on to that. Hold on to that promise because God has made us promises. He made us, every one of us, he's, he's made promises to. God will fulfill them promises if we hold up our end of the deal. I will, God's made promises of I will never leave you or forsake you. He, he gave us a promise that I can do all things through him that strengthens me. He gave it, He gives a promise to every one of us of the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Today, so if he's, he's promised you something in the midnight hour, don't hold on to that because God's promises will come true. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 13 <clears throat> The Bible says, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the, of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that cometh down from above. And they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And verse 15 says, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan and the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water for the Jordan overflowed of all his banks all the time of harvest. Verse 16 says, And the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city of Adam. That is beside Zertan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plains, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. Today I'm here to tell someone, but the Bible says the promises, their promised land was waiting them. Everything that God had promised them, everything that their soles of their feet may touch, God had said it will be yours. But there was one thing that stood between them, and that was the Jordan River. And he said when the soles of your feet touch the water, and I shared this scripture last week, and I believe when the soles of the feet touch the water, was when their miracle happened. And today, as is, is, is we, we, we step out in our miracle, sometimes in life, you know, we have to step out. We've got to make that effort. We've got to step out into the presence of God. And I felt this last week for last week's message, and I shared part of it last week in the, the, when I spoke. But, but today, I believe it's just as strong today. I believe there's some people today, as we, as we was, the presence of God was moving here earlier, the waters was being stirred, as I read in the beginning of the scriptures. But I believe there were still some people that was holding back. And I felt why I felt this when I was walking back and forth and praying this, what, during this time. I felt this message, and I felt it strongly. And I started to come say it then, but I said, well, I'm going to wait because take the pulpit. 
But I feel like someone, someone needed to step out. Somebody needed to obey what they was feeling in their heart. I believe they knew what they were feeling. And I believe that they knew they needed to step out. The water was being troubled. Just like the water was being troubled last Sunday. The water was being troubled Friday night in this service. But all we had to do was step out. For the ones that steps out, God met them there. And I believe today as we stand, I believe it. I know we've, we've been up and down in spirit this, during this service. But I feel this in my presence. I, I feel to put a plea out right now. Because the water was, was stirred earlier. They're still stirred in this place today. They hadn't, they, waters are still stirring. So today, if you've got a need in your life, if you've got a need, don't be like, the, be like the crippled man. Don't be like him and come up with an excuse why I can't do it right now. Why I can't do it. You've got to be immediate right now. As Brother William said, we need to be immediate when God says, feels that calling in our life. We need to step out. If we'll step out right now in this service, I believe God will meet your need. I believe God will give you your promise today. So today as the altars is open, I ask you today, if you're in this service and you felt like that God was drawing you earlier, or if you may be feeling it now, I ask you right now to step out because the waters is troubled in this place. And I believe that in the last few services, it's just been one connection after another. And God has been drawing, put a drawing to people that needs to just step out into the service and step out and gain what you want. Sometimes God is not going to do what we won't feel like we need until we make that effort and we step out. Today, what is your excuse? Are we going to be like the man, the crippled man? Are we going to just keep laying there for 38 years? If God hadn't, Jesus hadn't come along, he may be still laying there by that pool. Today, I urge you today, if you have a need or if you've got a promise that's not been answered, I ask you to step out today. I urge you to step out and walk out when the waters is troubled. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.